Hello, everybody, and welcome to Brumbagoon. You will not get there on a road bike. And this was exactly the case of my ride on Saturday. Let's say, short story about my ride on Saturday. So, uh, Saturday morning after a long week of rainy days, I just decided to pick up my open up, thanks Andy for the support, and to go to Bern, because I had in mind to do an amazing gravel pass up to Great Mountain, the Gurnigal Pass. And hopefully I pronounce it correctly. So I picked up my bike, I jumped on the train, I put my mask on my face because, yes, we are still in this COVID period and we need to use the mask because we have to protect everybody around us. I put my mask in my face, I arrived in Bern, I jumped on the open up and I went to the pass. It was a great ride on some, I don't know, country roads, take me home. And then I arrived on this great climb. So you do a couple of switchbacks on the tarmac and then you start at 10 kilometers uh, gravel uphill on till the top of the mountain, till the top of the pass. Well, people, it was loose terrain with big rocks and uh, amazing landscapes and a lot of cows and a lot of uh, trees and mountains all around. And well, I had to say, thanks to my WTB Nano 40mm tires and thanks to my open up that allows these wheels and these tires to stay into the frame. No cars, just amazing landscapes and great panoramas and a lot of picture time. And then, yes, the great view on top of it. And then you just go down to the tarmac and then I went into a couple of single tracks, still other little hilly mountain roads. And uh, yeah, it was just an amazing, amazing ride. I had a huge problem, by the way, because I bonked. That's the point. While you are doing great uphills, in not in tarmac where you can focus a bit more and then you understand you can check a bit more numbers and stuff like this while you are on gravel loose terrains where you really need to be focused and to stay on the bike it's a, it was a bit more complicated it was something like a new thing for me but it was a bit more complicated to keep the focus on nutrition and getting my bars and my fuel in so yeah i bonked on top i got a couple of moments where it was not super easy to take decisions but then i understood that getting a can of coke and eating something was the right thing to do i recovered i went down in a couple of single tracks as i was telling you and uh, nice roads and then i arrived back to Bern, the amazing Bern. and Bern is actually as well the one of the main characters of the episode of today because i interviewed today the great filmmaker and cyclist and human being, I would say, Jan Mullenthal, whatever, I don't know how to express completely his surname, uh, Herroja for everybody there on the Instagram. I met him some time ago because we are part of the same community uh, here of cycling in Switzerland, the one that actually enjoy the community rides uh, more than the performance one and uh, yeah we talked so much during his uh, photography analogical photography show during the tour de suisse because he's also part of the communication team of tour de suisse and we actually see cycling in the same way so during corona time jan decided to uh, get a s interview series to talk with former cyclists pro cyclists and passionate bicycle slower and talk about the inner meaning of cycling 
the name of the series is Inensicht and it's just great. I truly believe that Jan is really sensible interviewer and uh, he makes all the time the right questions and people really open their hearts on the answers that they were giving. The meaning of cycling, nothing else to say. So I will stop here with the description of his job and I will let him describe to you who is, what's his surname as well, I'm sorry for that Jan, and as well as the real meaning of this project and really go down in the description, check the link and watch the portraits of Jan. It's a really great welcome to the cycling world, you're gonna love it. But now for me it's better to shut up. Yeah, uh, I'm super happy when I am interviewing amazing artists and amazing, uh, I would say, media producer and especially super good and super strong, strong cyclists, especially when they are friends. So today I'm pretty stoked on having on the other side of my microphone, Jan. And hey, Jan, how are you doing? Yeah, hi Stefano, I'm fine, doing good. Yeah, uh, I, I stopped, you, you noticed, right? That there was a couple of seconds of stopping for me when I said Jan, because I would love to say your surname, but I hope that you are not <laughs> going to get completely pissed because I'm going <laughs> probably misspelling it. Yeah, I was, I was really curious how it will sound uh, out of your mouth, <laughs> because Mühletaler is really difficult in i think any other language mühlenthal <laughs> <laughs> come on it's okay yeah it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually love the sound of it but probably <laughs> everybody knows you with your heart name something like nickname that is her her roya right why this surname yeah. this nickname tell me more about that um yeah this it's, this is roja probably but yeah it, it's it's it, it's um the origin is from uh from the Spanish uh, roja for red, mm -hmm. and it, it all started in 1998, where I started to shoot photos of skateboarding and start to do skateboard videos. Mm -hmm. And then the first when the first video was done, it was still on uh, on video, like real uh, video cassettes. Mm -hmm. Then it, it 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 had to have a name at the end, you know, like a production. So we always went skateboarding on this red square, so I thought, yeah, Roja Media sounds quite cool. <laughs> it works. It's really nice. <laughs> because my parents uh, used to live in South America, and sometimes they talk Spanish to us. Mm -hmm. So, And then from that, Roja Media became, when the thing started to get a bit more serious, uh, it became uh, Roja Films. And then there was uh, a woman at the local newspaper who uh, on the online newspapers sometimes wrote about the music videos I did back then. Mm -hmm. And she always wrote, yeah, Herr Rocha has a new music video. You have ah. to. So she came up with that Herr Rocha. And then when I started Instagram, I thought, yeah, Herr Rocha sounds like a funny name. And then it started to become my nickname <laughs> it's it's really really cool so something like are you using it something like daily or whatever when you have to make a pitch a presentation or you just present yourself introduce yourself as jan jan mutenthaler 
I, I usually just say I'm young and then in, in bike related um, <laughs> environments often people say, yeah, well, you, you're a Roja, right? And like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also at Grisham Grounds and sometimes people come riding next to me and they're like, you, you are a Roja, right? And like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. <laughs> that's perfect that's really perfect so yeah yeah and i think that you actually started with a good pace already give us a small intro about yourself about yourself on a bike about yourself in media about yourself as a person as actually it's your space you can do whatever i don't need to give you permission here what, what it's always i mean i'm usually work with stories and stories about people but with your own uh personality it's it's always hard to say something about it i think <laughs> but i can maybe i can tell you how it how the bicycle thing started with with how i got to ride bikes and how i this passion started yes it's perfect because i, I grew up in in kind of rural space of switzerland small really small village and from a very young age, I was riding my bike like to, to school. And also there was not much traffic. So my parents just let us ride on the bike. So me and my brother, it was, also, it was really in the beginning, it was like a game. We were riding somewhere to the next farm or into the forest and, and like really the exploring things because it was like freedom. We could go somewhere and we were just by ourselves and explore stuff. And my parents were really into all different kinds of sports and they went running quite often and I couldn't follow them when I was like seven. So I took my bike and I went with them. And then somehow I started up doing those races, like kids races, mm -hmm. maybe eight years old and then I was I was really into into the racing thing. I loved the speed and loved to watch Tour de France and Tour de Suisse. And sometimes on I had like three or three and a half k way to the school every day. Okay. So in my mind, I always in my mind I was playing. I was on, at the Tour de Suisse racing. <laughs> it was always so on a quite early age. I got the, my first race bike. Mm -hmm which unfortunately I don't have anymore. And oh. it's such a pity because mm. it, it, it was a steel uh, specialized Zeros bike and like really small size. And I have uh, some uh, old video cassettes from some of the first races on that bike. And my saddle was really just at the bottom of the, of, of, the upper bar and then it was just the <laughs> the saddle i was really like the lowest you could put the saddle and the bike was way too big and my my uncle had to like like on the track they had to hold me at the start because otherwise i could not even get wow. on the bike how old were you i was eight i think eight or nine okay and that was really all the neon colors and the helmet were so big because they were <laughs> the first kind of helmets you could get. It's really funny, <laughs> funny footage. Yeah, so that's, then I, the, the bike was really from the very early age and then I did races until maybe 15, 16 years old. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to, to the gymnasium, the high school, yeah. I got 
into skateboarding okay okay <laughs> because of a friend at school and when i i watched the first uh, skateboard video i knew i want to do that riding the skateboard in the street up the stairs down the stairs and also do videos so I went from being junior Swiss champion in duathlon to complete skateboarder and not doing races in one year. Okay. I pick up cameras and skateboard and then I haven't done any race ever since. But uh, I still had, I still loved the bike and especially the old steel frames. That's where my passion also is. And I just kept riding bikes, you know, in the city. And then maybe 10 years ago, one of my best friends, he started road cycling. And he was like, yeah, you used to ride a lot and you still have those bikes. Why don't you join me? And then I kind of restarted and it took me again <laughs> full. And now I'm riding quite a lot again. Okay, okay. <laughs> so that's kind of the story of me and bikes. <laughs> that's perfect. Um, maybe we can start, we can talk a bit also about uh, how are you cycling at the moment? Something like which kind of rides you do? Is just leisure riding or you do some races or social rides? How are you involved in cycling at the moment? Yeah, I, I, I don't do races at all. I, to me, I put the line back when when i was kid and did this, those races now i just ride for fun mm -hmm. so i've never ever say to myself or anyone i go training i don't train anymore i just ride <laughs> and i try to ride as much as i can but i mean still i i love to to be fast and i have a few of my friends who are a bit competitive as well so Sometimes we, we kind of push it and we, yeah, we check who is the fastest on the Alpine Pass, something like that, but it's just for fun. Or I, I put some challenge to myself and I try to, like two weeks ago, where I tried to ride from home to where my grandmother grew up in, at the border of Switzerland and Italy, so... That was almost 400 Ks and five Alpine passes. So I just try to challenge myself, but it's not races anymore. And with the Grüße von draußen, that social rides I came up five years ago, those are like real social rides and fun and hanging out with people who are sharing that passion and yeah, and I also started, my son got into bikes as well, yes. how come? <laughs> so yeah, with him, I'm, I'm riding as well and doing some bike packing things and kind of slow, but it's that's uh, really fun to me too. So I found other ways to to have fun on the bike than doing races. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Something like, no, I really like it because actually I think that I got to know you the first time because of the, uh, of your social rides. 
the groups around Drowsons, uh, Drowson rides. And actually, we uh, first time we met, we met on top of the Col de la Croix. Yeah, that's exactly. That's a cool place to... Absolutely. First, for first, first time, it's, there was still some snow there. We were after. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said, okay, guys, I'm not going to join you because you're going to be too fast and I want to do as, as lower and anyways, shorter ride. But actually we met there and all the people that were with you, all really the group, the bunch that you were together, people super smiley, super happy, everybody with his own pace, everybody chatting, everybody enjoying riding. And this I said, okay, this is the perfect spirit that I was looking for to ride here something like no competition not so much competitive of course you're putting all your effort on the bike because you want to challenge yourself and you like to get the best out of your bike ride but also on the other side you want to have the best out of your ride out of your bike ride as well in a social way and this was actually amazing that was the, the kind of the idea i had to to bring up those grüße von draußen rides mm -hmm. because i i I, w I got more and more into riding bikes again, and then I found out other friends who used to skate or do art or whatever, they start to ride bikes too, or they're like uh, bike messengers. But everyone was just riding in those really tiny groups, just two or three, and everyone doing their own things. And groups ride usually were really competitive, and I was like, hey, let's try something else do something really social where you can have fun together and chat. And I mean, if there's a hill, everyone can go up as fast, but then let's wait again because, yeah, if you want to train, you can train on all other days, but Absolutely. not on a social ride. And, and it took maybe about two years um, to establish this idea. Some people never came back again because they thought it's really boring to go slow. And there were others who tried to enjoy it and found I mean, if you can, if you're really strong, then you have more energy to to talk or whatever. So it's, it's, I think it's really cool group or mix of people now. Some are like really strong, but they still join and go the the tempo of the slowest. And there are always people who are like kind of new. And then when we when we met together at the Col de la Croix, yeah, that was one of those rides where a good friend of mine who is uh, working also at the same uh, atelier as me. Mm -hmm. And he is kind of new to, to riding bikes and longer things. And he was like, yeah, I grew up in Gstaad, so I've never been up Col de la Croix. Do you think I can join you until there? And if I'm too slow, don't wait. And I will go home by myself. And then we waited for everyone on Col de la Croix for sure. And then we went to Col du Pion, yeah. waited again. And then he told me, wow, now I'm dead. I, I will go to Gstaad and stay there and take the train. But then in Gstaad, we went for coffee and a cake. Mm -hmm. So he was like, yeah, I join you for this. And then he's like, okay, maybe I try to join you until Spiez and take the train there. And at the end, he was riding until Bern and he came to me and say that's the most beautiful day on the back i've never thought i'm I, I could do this and this i really like to yeah people get push their limits or do something they maybe will never try by themselves so no yeah that's what i really like <laughs> absolutely just stay together and get motivated because you want to stay with people and uh 
though yeah that's uh that's really really great it's really it's really really perfect i just want to ask you another thing about bikes and then we are going to move straight forward to the media part so <laughs> you said uh, you know i'm super fascinating about this kind of thing and when we're talking when i'm talking with somebody that it's really i don't know luca likes me and it's really similar to me it's really really cool and yeah my question is seems like you are pretty in love with steel bikes you still have only steel bikes or you have also some carbon bike yes since what is it maybe last fall i only i was only riding steel bikes okay <laughs> because when when i was uh, the last maybe two years when i did the races as a kid with 15 16 years old mm -hmm. i got this really crazy carbon bike by zip they used to do uh, bikes as well okay and, and i had this uh, tt bike from zip and it was really fast and i, I liked it but it sounded so <laughs> awful when you climbed with it and i was only riding flats so when i restarted riding bikes I was like no i would never ride carbon again it's i love the steel bikes the old this vintage style i really love it and that, that's why i i i always in the beginning i was really riding old old bikes old frames and still shifting on the how do you call that you know at the with the low shifting, like really in the ah, old see, days. See, see. Okay, the one on the frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a bike. Yeah, like the this. frame. And, and there were people coming to Grüße von Draußen rides uh, where we did some Alpine passes and they were looking at my bike. Or I remember also some RCC rides, people coming with eight, 9,000 <laughs> franc bikes. They're like, you, you, you know, we go up the mountain and you have this bike. And then at the end, they were like, okay, maybe it's not about the bike. <laughs> And, and now I have quite a modern steel bike. Uh, I think you've you've seen it before. This uh, custom bike Beto and Burn did for me. It's uh, it's still steel, but high end, new thing, light and everything. But now with I I, I never had a, a good bike for 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 the winter for yeah when it's raining or going on the gravel. And thanks to Tuk Tuk, I now have this Cinelli King Zydeco bike. Okay. And this is my first uh, carbon bike for about 20 years. And I actually really <laughs> love it too. And I'm really impressed with those. It's, it's, this mix, it's like, a, like the open or maybe your streety bike, which is a, really an all-area bike. I have those kind of big um, um, compass uh, tires with like no it's, they're like like uh, for this for the road but big and on the road it's, it's still right so good okay it's, it never felt like a tractor like my other winter bikes used to and if i put some air out i can go gravel so i really have to say uh, it's not it's not only it's not only steel is real but <laughs> for 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 the summer and going to the mountains i will ever always ride steel bikes it's just my, yeah, <laughs> my perfect. yeah no it makes a lot of sense and it's super cool actually to have something like um the one that we would call 
sorry if I'm saying too much, but the one that you would call a performance bike, the one to go fast up to the mountains or whatever, is a steel bike. The one to be a bit more comfortable and go for uh, the old roads, also a bit of gravel and things like yeah. this, then this one is a carbon. I love this. Yeah, exactly. That's... <laughs> That's super great. That's really, really super great. Uh, so as I was saying, let's move a bit uh, fast forward uh, to the media production, even if we're going to still talk about bike. <laughs> so you are anyways in the world of bicycles, also for media. You are in the communication team or to the Swiss. Plus you are anyways following and making, making small videos or photos. I remember actually your, uh, your uh, photography show that once you made it, you always there, I was in Bern about uh, analog photography in uh, the Tour de Suisse as well. So bicycle is really, really important in your media production, film production and photo production. But probably it's the best thing to do right now is to focus on a precise project. That is a project that you ideate and you decided to push forward during the corona time. And it's actually a project that with some small videos, with some specific characters, would represent the real spirit of cycling that can be different for each other of us, but still goes through passion and still goes through enjoyment and uh, having cycling in the big part of our life. The name of it is Inner Sicht, and they would love to tell us more about that. And probably I misspell exactly the name of the project, huh? but that's no, another story. No, no, in, in and Sicht was quite... It, it is, I, I started that project and I never had a, a good name for it. Mm -hmm. I, I had no idea how to call it. <laughs> and then uh, Mika, which is uh, one of my best friends, also the guy who I, we go uh, riding bikes a lot, and he's a typographer and a graphic designer okay and i've never uh, all those projects i did before i've never had the courage to ask him to do graphic for my project because he's like so good and my projects always felt a bit like not big enough don't say <laughs> but that I, <laughs> uh, but i used to i used to use his fonts because he's doing his his own fonts wow. as well Wow. And then for this project, I was like, okay, it's a really small project and no budget, but I know he shares the same passion for it. And I asked him, look, I have this project and I think you could be the right person to help me out with uh, typographic things mm -hmm. and help me out with this to give it a, a look like a series. And then he was like, yeah, cool. And what's the name of it? They're like, I have no name, or no <laughs> idea. And then at the first, uh, maybe a week later, we met again and he showed me his first sketch. And he was like, and I had thought maybe we call it, you know, interview in German, like Innensicht. I was like, yeah, that's perfect. Oh, and wow. that, so that was the name of oh, the project. Yeah, so... Then your idea, how, let's start from here, how this idea came out, which one, what do you want actually to express, which one your, was your expression with this project, what do you want to represent to all of us? Yeah, may maybe I, I begin a bit earlier in the process, which was, mm -hmm. you, you already said it was the, that to do with the corona crisis and with the lockdown really early on, I, I knew I want have any 
any jobs or engage um, engagements in the next weeks or months because in in film you're always in a big group and and the also com companies they they were like all scared so they didn't want to spend money and so and also with the Tour de Suisse already in March I was sure there won't be a Tour de Suisse at all so I knew I will have a lot of time and no money <laughs> and I could still go just riding my bike but. Uh, yeah, I'm someone who always wants to to do something, find a project, find some expression to do. And I was thinking, yeah, maybe it's a good moment to do a known like a project by my own, where I can just do whatever I want. And I was first, I thought maybe I could do more some like uh, feature films, short film with actors. But then I thought, no, it's, it's still then you will have a big group soon again and you need budget and it's going to be hell. <laughs> so, so yeah, what's next is, is cycling because I love cycling and I think it's such a sport is such a great topic to, to express a lot of things, not just who is the fastest and strongest. <clears throat> and then it, so this was really just slowly in my head thinking about that. And then I had a longer phone call with Stefan Kuhn because uh, I I had to write a um, uh, media release for the Tour de Suisse about the digital cycling. Mm -hmm. And Stefan Kuhn, to me, is such a really, really interesting and clever guy and he has really his mind and his ideas about topics so we were really talking a lot and it was really interesting and then at the end it was like yeah thank you bye and it was like okay we were talking so much and it was so interesting but for the tourist ways there's just a little little uh, use of it because the top because it was it had to be about digital cycling and in a, in, in a good way and in a, you know, it was a media release. I cannot put all the, these dots and, and uh, this criticism as well. So I was like, yeah, it does remind me that I was over the last two, three years, I did a, uh, I had a few projects with, with cyclists or other sports people like also Nino Shorter or hockey and another. And I always ended up in, in interesting conversations, which usually did have nothing in common with the project. So it reminded me that I've always had this thought that it could be cool to do an interview series by my own, where I can choose wow. the topic yeah. And the tempo and the style, because in, in, in this internet, social media time we are right now, everything has to be so short and so much headline and just there's so less uh, place for real thoughts and longer, you know, longer stories. It's always just short and consume and put a like and next thing and more. You can always see nice people in nice clothes and nice place posing around and people love that. But I think there's another side too. <laughs> so then I was like, yeah, maybe that's the best moment now because 
uh, I have time. I, I mean, I, I have no money, but I still have time. And the cyclists have time too, because there are no races. And then I w- really soon this idea was like, Leah, let's try to do a series with interesting uh, characters and always talk just about one topic. And it's always another topic. And then I had about six to eight names in my head. And I was like, one day I was like, okay, I'll just call three of them and then see what happens. <laughs> and then I called the first three and they were all, yeah, what a cool idea. And then I went on and also called the others, which like Stefan Kuhn were a bit more um, yeah, famous or how you, yeah, like where I was not 100% sure what they would say about it. Okay. And they were all into it. And then it was like, okay, now it's too late. You have to do it. And it was almost three months of work after that. But I really love what what came out of it because it really, I think it's something else, not something you've seen a hundred times before. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, let's rest another tiny second on that. So you told us that you want to express a bit more uh, cycling in a different way and uh, maybe your own point of view on things with a different, um, yeah, with a different um, sample of it and with a different tempo of it, with a different angle on things. How difficult was to explain this concept that you had to the people that you were going to interview. So when you were calling some of your guests or any of your guests uh, and you were saying, ah, you know, I have this project in mind, how difficult was to explain your point of view on cycling and what you want to conceptualize and then build? And how was taken by your interviewer? So I, I, I just tried to... to ask the the character or the, the, the people about if they're willing to talk about this topic that I thought would be interesting. And I, that was like the, the the door I tried to go in. I've, I didn't tell them too much about how it will look in the end. Okay. I just uh, told them, you know, uh, because by... Those people I I contact and I had in mind were all people I've talked to before, because there there are other cyclists that I think they could be really interesting, but I had I was not sure, I didn't knew them so good that I knew this would be the the main good topic, because I wanted to do something that was more. I say um, like more in the detail or more personal than what you would get in a typical interview. So that means I had to know these people, so I knew what would be an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. So I tried to to go via topic and tell them I would like to talk about this topic in a in a deeper way, not just one or two sentence and and I also would like to do some like action image so it's not just talking head and from that they were they were all into it and had the the faith or i don't know they they trusted me that i would make something that is okay so i didn't told them how it will be in the end and then when it was all done i sent them the video and say look that's what i made out of it are you fine with it and 
lucky to me they all liked it and so <laughs> no yeah so 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 yeah i went via topic and the most hardest <laughs> phone call to me was a bit nicky share because with him i wanted to talk about about the team how because cycling is some kind of team sport but still you always talk about the winners yes yes and yes you never really talk about or, I mean, if you're like really deep into cycling and racing and watching those, then yeah. But but for a, most people, they they're not really a, a, aware about the, the team spirit in cycling. And I wanted to talk with him about that, but I was afraid how to ask him because, he, I mean, I didn't want to. Yeah, hello. I want to talk about your role as a bottle getter you know i want to i had hey to find, water boy was, yeah you know to find a way so he knew and then but he was really motivated because he was like yeah that oh i always have to explain people that in our team there's just one who is, is designed to win and we all work together and so but in that was kind of the the, the hardest call to to ask so yeah yeah, 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 it makes sense. Also because you're right. Uh, if you're used to races, you know exactly that there is a team and everybody has his own role, especially for pro cycling. Mm -hmm. But if you're not on it, the only thing that you see is just a lot of individuals just riding together like bees and yeah, then exactly. one going in front like the other bee, actually, the king bee, going in front in order to win. But you don't really realize how difficult it is to be in a bunch and how difficult it is to be go solo, how difficult it is to win and how much everybody is happy once that your teammate wins the race it's great yeah and also that for that win there are usually a lot of teammates who did their part to make it happen so exactly that's that's with with michi in that portrait that was what i wanted to talk with him because he he's that's his everyday life so he knew <laughs> um, he had something to say about this <laughs> that's perfect that's really, really perfect good so let's talk one second about uh the characters you said that actually you got this idea in mind you got some topics that you want to talk and you got some people that you wanted to talk with so how did you shape this series? With whom did you decide to talk? And uh, about what did you decide to talk with whom? I don't know if it makes sense. <laughs> uh, because it was a, my own project and not a job. So all I, I was caring about is what would, what would I myself would be interested. Which people did I want to, to see or hear and what would be the topic? Okay. Because, I mean, if, if, if I would think about how can I get the most public or effect on it, then I would choose maybe a few other people. I mean, like Fabian Cancellara, mm -hmm. he's from Bern too, and I was... When we were really young, we were even racing a few times against each other. Okay, you so were winning all the sure... time, right? <laughs> so he would sure be a name that will get attention. But there were, to me, I didn't know what... Yeah, maybe there would be one topic that I thought would be really interesting to talk about him with him. But I don't think he would like to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so I just choose people that 
I would find really interesting. And topics like um, like in number two with uh, with Fabian, he's not well known at all, unless you're like really in that kind of scene. The I know, the long I know him. I know him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, but yeah, if you're into that self-supported long distance, yeah. But I mean, the, like the other, all the other characters, they didn't knew him, but. To me, it's it's one of the most beautiful portraits because it's so personal, so authentic, and such a different view to cycling. So that's exactly what I had in mind. So I just thought about people because I know quite a lot of cyclists. So I was like, yeah, who would be interesting? So so I had uh, Marlen Reuser, which is like the Swiss champion and really especially in the time trial he's she is really strong and really uh, think yeah she's one of the probably five ten fastest women on, right now worldwide and i've met her before and i she's really she's a she has i would say she she really has her opinions about things and thoughts about things and she can express her and it's not this pair things that you always get in interviews. So I was like, yeah, that would be interesting to talk with her and and as a woman as well to talk about um, uh, light and what's that? Uh, suffering in cycling. It's not just the coffee, right? No, it's about suffering and time trial is really, really suffering. And also about ambitious, being ambitious and then I have uh, the one with Fabian, where we talk about passion and not that to him, it's not really a, the most important thing is not winning. And he has another thing that keeps him going. Then with Emma Pooley, who used to be the fastest woman and she, and she's not professional anymore, but she's writing so much. So with her, I'm talking about... Um, yeah, what does it mean and why is she writing? Uh, because she, it's not her job anymore. She doesn't have to train, but still write so much. Then Michi Scher, as I said, talking about the, the team, team spirit and team job as cycling. Then Stefan Kühn, with him, it's, it's, I'm really kind of almost proud about this portrait because... To, uh, when when we talked about it, it really felt like wow, this is something that like this um, is really it's, uh, not. It's really something that probably no one has seen or hear, heard about him this way because we were talking about pressure and ah. the the pressure from media, pressure from yeah, the whole. I mean, he was so young, and everybody was like, "Yeah, he's the new Cancellara." And what? Yeah, I remember it. What this also meant to him, and how he had he had struggles about yeah, keep up with this this role. So it's it's really honest and really yeah, authentic thing. And then also the the last portrait is with uh, Noemi and Timo Ruek, which are like brother sisters and doing uh, cyclocross races and also street. But especially in cyclocross, they are really like a known little family. Um, 
family team with their uh, with their camper going to Belgium, Netherlands, always being together. Talk about this family uh, business, something like this. That's super, super, super good. I can't wait to watch it for two reasons. First of all, because I love cyclocross as itself, as kind of discipline. And on the other side, I really love the human part of cyclocross. As you were saying, you go in... Um, Yeah, you go close to the race, you go to the race and you see all these campers with all these people, they're helping each other. The most common thing that you can find is to find something like the father of the racer that is building up the bike or the, cleaning the, cleaning, bike. Yeah. the father-in-law taking care of the shift or the, the mother taking care of the talking and DPR thing. It's so great and I so love it. Such a family business, it's such a human thing. I love it. Yeah, and, and still, I mean, sometimes it, it must be tense because it's, it's, it's ugly weather and so tiny place and you're always on the road together. And, and, and yeah, it, it's really beautiful, almost romantic. And still there are some tensions and, and sometimes it, it's also hard. So I really, this, I really like that idea too, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Um, I want to um, make a comment, probably will uh, actually spread like a conversation as well. So at the moment, we you are live with two episodes and uh, the both of them, I would say, are um, so personal and they are um, something like expressing so much the passion of cycling itself. Because usually, you know, we are all just, especially when you are watching pro cycling, but cyclists in general, uh, the th first thing that comes into your mind is, okay, these people are machine, these people are moving so fast, these people are just caring about numbers, these people are just caring about uh, training several hours a day. They don't actually have so much passion, but it's just something like a job for them and probably, I don't know how much fun is it. Then you watch the first video of the series, that is the one with Marlene Rosser, and she actually expresses something, a concept that is so cool by making a comparison between her violin classes that she yeah. was taking at the beginning <laughs> and the cycling. And then you think about, okay, a violin is such an amazing and sensible thing and it's a thing that you can only like and stuff. And then she says, no, I actually dropped it because there was so much pressure. And then I started cycling because you have to feel, to fulfill your life with things that you are passionate of. And then you start let me put these brackets here, suffering on a bike that seems like a completely different thing. Well, this is the best expression of passion for something. You can have passion for whatever. Do something that makes you feel happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I'm really happy that this is what you, you got out of, of those uh, videos because that's like my main... Um, I don't know, it's, it's not a philosophy, but I mean, if I would have... Like, give something like to my kids that would be exactly this find something whatever it is that you have passion and go for it because that's i think that's the key to 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 being happy and still if you go full full like full into something like like all in it will be help sometime and there's going to be suffering but that's just part of the game i mean you i think 
uh, also Emma Puglia, I don't know if, if you've already seen the video of her, which no, will I be still out didn't. soon. Okay, it's going to be actually the day after we're going to go live, so you can start playing it. <laughs> the, yeah, because she says something uh, as well, like, I, she, you need the lows to get the highs. And yeah, yeah I think that's, <laughs> that's because sometimes I, I, have, I have the impression a bit in our society that a lot of people are just scared or afraid or whatever about the lows. I mean, you, you don't do something for the lows, but, and if it's, if it's only low, like Marlon said with the violin, if you find out um, this isn't it, I don't, be happy with it, then yeah, skip it. But you don't get anywhere without some some suffering or pain or or failure. That's just part of it, and you have to accept this. And I think sometimes the culture, our cultures, um, gives you the image that everything can be just like almost for free you can just come consume and everything is easy yeah. but probably not no <laughs> absolutely it's not like this and still talking about emma Poli, i was super lucky to interview her a couple of weeks ago and yeah we were exactly talking about that Oh, so we were talking about the Hop 1000 that she's done, and so this long ride on the Alpine mountains of Switzerland, amazing landscapes, amazing climbs, amazing, amazing everything, colors and stuff. But we were talking as well about some discomforts, something like eating not so perfect food and having pain on knees or legs and stuff, being covered with, let's say, uh, dirt. And uh, don't have a, don't change your kids so often and stuff like this. But these are <laughs> lack just, of sleep. <laughs> yeah, lack of sleep. That's another thing. This for sure can make you feel miserable. But on the other side, it's just a discomfort that is uh, superficial. And once you actually understand this, you understand that it's not all your life in this way, but it's just a small discomfort that will help you unlock some better things, then everything starts being great again, because the yeah. discovery part, the happy part, the high part is way better than the other ones. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe that was also something to, to me that was really impressive and interesting doing those six interviews was that there was always some some connections between the what everyone was saying there were i mean they they were all kind so on, on a different path maybe some were like are like pro cyclists others are young pro cyclists who are trying to get there others are retired and fab is doing his own thing but still there are always there were always some some similarities or someone picked up uh, a topic that the other one was talking already so it was really connecting and and they didn't even knew each other and this when you watch all six episodes i think you really it it gives like one not the same some i mean it's not always the same idea but there are some similarities some connecting some i really like that because you don't know before if you you come up i choose those people those topics and then i didn't knew like this violin thing yeah. i was talking to 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 marlin 
before I did two interviews for uh, Tour de Suisse and I talked to her on different, uh, now one for Tour de Suisse, one for Fast and Female. But we've never talked about Weinman. And just suddenly in the interview, she came up with that. And I was there and I could not say anything. I was like, yes, 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 yes. So good, so good. I got, this is going to be in it for sure. <laughs> because the, the, the hard thing was I, I was talking to them about like maybe one hour. And I then had to try to make an episode of like five, six minutes. So that was really a hard, hard part of it. Yeah. No, but that's exactly, talking about media, uh, one second, uh, a bit more than cycling, that's exactly, I think, the way that things come out. Because we all, so probably me and you, of course, and probably also somebody else in the audience, we all have been in these press rooms after races or before races when everybody's asking questions about performances. With, Anyways, the riders, the athletes that are human are super tense. Maybe they are not nervous, but for sure they are focused on the goal or they're still into the race so they receive this question shot at them by different people and they usually answer with some uh, I don't know pre-made or pretty standard answers because that's usually what people want to listen on the other side to write a chronicle mm -hmm. piece yeah. on their newspapers but once you are in a situation where you have lower pressure you we were pretty unlucky to be in the corona situation but also gave us all a lot of time to think about stuff then you're there a bit more relaxed yeah we have less pressure and you have a longer conversation to deal with and something like it's a conversation is not a proper interview and then there you discover really the inner part here again the inner part of the passion of people the personalities and stuff and then really you can understand how much for all these guys and girls out there cycling in this case but could be violin again could be music could be everything it's a passion and not only a hard job that they have to do every day for sure it's hard but it's not a plain one yeah i'm i'm 100 percent uh, with you on, on on that topic because it i i witnessed this this also at, at the tour de suisse because I've since since I was a small kid, I've always followed the races on, on TV and I really love road cycling races. It's really I love it. I watch it from spring to fall, almost all races. Sometimes at night I just recorded it and asked my friends to not spoil <laughs> spoil the fun by telling me who who had won. Um, and but still on on myself I started to to get my own as I said, I like no races and just have fun. But then when I started to work uh, for the Tour de Suisse and get to know the cyclists really close, I found out a lot of them, I wouldn't say all, <laughs> but a lot of them, they really love cycling. And that is such a cool thing. And I mean, also, if you follow uh, them on, on like social media you can all sometimes you can see they are riding together in like the off season or early season all different kind of team riders together yeah. enjoying it and then you are doing even bike packing like at the end of the season like tim valens and yeah. um, and the uh, yeah. man things like that and you feel this is what i could connect with because they are like the pros, they're really fast, and it's their job, but they share the same passion. And that's what I think is really uh, the cool cool thing about this 
sport. Yeah, I think that I would actually say, talking about pros, uh, that I would actually suggest to everybody. Uh, probably the easiest thing to do, if you have something like, again, a cross race, so a cycle cross race close to your place, because it's it's something a bit more easy, so it's something mm. easier because they are all the all the riders are the same there. Place. Exactly, <laughs> it's the same place. It's a circle, so it's a circuit and stuff. Please go there and talk with people there. They can be uh, super established pro, or they can be young under twenty three. Talk with them, and you will see actually how much is the passion for cycling. I was super lucky to be invited at the Cyclocross World Championship this year, and uh, I was. Was there taking my interviews but actually i spent most of the time talking with people from the audience and talking with people uh inside of the um, uh yeah the zone of the of the yeah the camper zone and stuff well it was one of the most fulfilling and pumping up i was really fulfilled by the passion of those people and i really and by humanity of them and yeah and i think that's also a really cool thing about cycling it's it's just like a, a circus <laughs> coming to 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 town and it's not like i don't know like football or tennis you know where they are there and they are on the court or on on on, on the grass and you've seen them from far and then they go again no they're here they're on their train they're in the bus they're afterwards hanging out with the people you can really connect with them there's almost no border between the cyclist and the audience and i really really hope that the the conora virus is not gonna change too much about this in the in the future because i mean at, at the cyclocross it's even more tense because yeah everything is together on one place and not moving but also on on like at the tour de suisse where all the the buses are there and they're in front and you can see they're warming up or they're getting their food or they talk to their mechanic and yeah most of them are really open-minded and friendly and you can talk to them and it's, this is a really cool thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just take out the all the cyclists from the idea that we all have that they are machine, they are robots, they only care about numbers and nutrition and they scale everything or whatever. They are human and it's amazing to talk with them. And most of them have a lot to tell, not Absolutely. just about numbers. And, uh... Absolutely. Absolutely. Most of them, they don't like numbers. When I was talking with Emma a couple of weeks ago, I was astonished as she was saying, okay, now I go out and I ride the bike and I don't care about, I don't actually don't have a power meter. And really often I don't have also a heart band because I don't care. You know, I just like to go out and, uh, and ride my bike. And hearing this thing from a former pro, that actually former world champion, really high-level cyclist, it tells you a lot about the passion yeah. that these people are putting on it. Yeah. yeah. I just want to stress another second on another point, and this is the point of, of Fabian, of Fabu. And here, uh, the, my actually consideration on that is um, having these two different episodes that were the first two, and then the third one is going to add another, another layer, of course. But the first two was actually somebody who trains a lot and takes a lot of passion uh, from her pro career. I'm talking about Marlene. And on the other side, you have Fabian, that actually he works 
I can say that in this way. He worked his ass off the whole year just to collect money, to spend his money in his bicycles and his all the things that he has to carry around. And then he travels the world in order to take part to some of the most tiring cycling events of the world. It was part, I met him actually at the Atlas Monterrey Morocco, um, race in Morocco. It was as well at the North Cape Tarifa, probably the most difficult one in the world uh, race. Then it was on the biking man all around. Probably he was made everywhere. All, everywhere. <laughs> he met in Rwanda. He was in Rwanda as yeah, well. He was in Rwanda, in uh, Oman, in Chile. It's, it's such... Yeah. He, so... he probably has more race days than the typical female cyclist. I mean, of course. <laughs> crazy oh yeah and still you know he's on the bike he rides the bike he rides the bike he works in order to make these things happen and these are something like two different parts two different faces of the same coin everything is glued together by the passion it is still all cycling and it fits all together on this series that you're doing something like it's everything about cycling can be mountain bike can be ultra endurance races can be uh, time trials can be can be whatever but the cool thing is the passion on bicycle and everything on a bike everything is the same not only on the bike i would say but in this kind of world everything is the same and that's amazing yeah that's thank you because this uh, that's kind of also what what i what my impression or what I, how I feel is that all those characters and also all of us cyclists, we all have, have a, maybe a different approach to cycling or it means some have more time, some less time, some are faster, some are less fast, whatever. But we share this one thing, this common passion, and that's what connects us all together yeah that's uh that's amazingly great uh i just want to ask you a personal thing then now at this point jan i think we said a lot about that and actually your project says a lot about the question that i'm gonna ask you but which one is your point of view which one is your uh idea how is and what is cycling for you and how much and how and what you want to share about your passion with cycling with all the other people. Can be me, can be people that are watching to your series, can be people that are following you on social media also for the Tour de Suisse, can be your kids. That, that's a tough one. Man, I'm here <laughs> to, to make, to make interviews. A, to, <laughs> make a summer, to make a summary of it all, but because actually personally, I don't really think too much about it. Like I think that's that's also a bit of, a part of being passionate you don't ask yourself too much why you're doing it love it also when when i went this ride two weeks ago to to the birthplace of my grandmother people ask me why are you doing this why why do you ride 20 hours and five open passes and why do you start in the middle of the night or also this project people asked why do you work three months for free I mean, you have all this hustle and then I, you have to find collaboration with people to do, the, to do the translation, to do the music, all this, and you don't get paid for that. I don't ask myself. I, if it feels right, so I do it. So I, I try just to, to figure out how I can do it and try to do it. 
and cycling it gives me so much it's it's freedom it's passion it connects me with people um it's also a nice uh, thing to in, to show something i mean also the, the connection with art i think cycling as a sport has always um has always this uh, connections to art from painting to books to films because it's so much in it with nature fight against each other uh, passion there's so much you can you, every, i think there's almost for everyone something in it so yeah well man i can tell you actually jan <laughs> that this actually gave me uh, I don't know, goosebumps, if I have to be completely sincere, <laughs> because it's exactly the same thing. You know how many times people ask me, Stefano, you have been producing this podcast, now it has been four years, I think, uh, for free. Uh, you don't have anything, anything in, uh, in exchange of it. Why you do it? Just because it's right to do it, because it connects me yeah. with a lot of nice people. Everybody, All the time that I receive a message on Instagram, via email or whatever, with people telling me, Look, you inspire me so much. When I heard, when I listened to this interview, I decided that I have to get out of the bike for this adventure. I started to uh, understand that I need to discover a bit more, for example, my backyard rides or whatever, instead of taking a bike and going to ride to Mallorca. And this and that, for me, it's enough. Um, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you, if if it's right, you feel it, and then you just have to, yeah, you have to listen to yourself and whatever. If it's what it. It doesn't have to be cycling, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, uh, just because we are actually just jumping a little bit out from cycling, I want to make a comment and I want to have uh, your, more than your opinion, actually, I want to know a bit more about you. You know what I found, apart from the content, apart from the characters, apart from the editing style that I found really, really nice of your videos? You know the thing that I really, really liked? Is the music. Can you tell me a bit more about the music tracks of it? It's so great. Yeah, it's funny. There are a few people who telling me, and I really—I mean—that makes me happy too because um, it's music is really important to to me. I always say music was and is my first love. <laughs> I, I I couldn't imagine a life without music. It's almost like cycling. So for each project, music or soundtrack is really important. And this project, as I said. There was no, it was, it's not low budget, it's no budget, <laughs> because yeah. it was just me doing it. Yeah. And uh, then I, I have a, a friend, Patrick Zeller, who is a musician. He's doing a lot for theaters, like scores for theaters, and also films and working for bands and in bands. And I asked him um, if he could help me out. And I told him, I, I want something very, very, like, how do you express this in, in English? It's like low-key. I don't want music. I want more just some small beats, small atmospheres, just the opposite of advertisement, where it's like a big score. I just want some little thing, and it doesn't have to be um, um, commercial or how you say, like, it can be a bit strange or rough. It, it, I want to, I want to have it rough, and I have no budget, and I want you to spend not a lot of time for it if you want to help me out. Yeah. 
And as we've worked together before, he figured out a cool way. And he said, yeah, look, I, I make you some beats. And I send you this and you check what you can do. And then I just tr figured out which beats could fit where. And I just started to edit and cut and do whatever I want with the beats. And then I resent it to him. And he's like, yeah, cool. So maybe we could do some uh, spheres, like not, less beats, more some yes yeah, fears to it and he sent me a few samples and i tried again so it was like a really collaboration he let me just whatever i want with his his material and then at the end he he really mixed it and make mastered it and i think it's, it's really beautiful because it's also something personal or special not something you've heard before or a hundred times before so it's it really together with the the graphic it really becomes one thing i think yeah 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 so yeah let's make then these two shout outs uh the first one is for sure to the music as we were talking about so uh yeah with your friends that is patrick zeller and then yeah. also to mika michler that made all the graphics and the Exactly. Uh, the types and, and uh, the things, yeah. And I have to give a search shout out too because. Let's uh, do it. We are here for that. Linda Sen, the, she is help. She, I work together with her at the Tour de Suisse. She, she uh, does the translations for all the media releases. And she did the translations for free for this project because I had no budget. And she said, look, it's I I will do it for the love of of it. I love your project. I do the translation. So this, yeah, this help gives you such a great feeling because you feel not alone. You feel like yeah, it's some other people feel the same. And I was I'm really thankful of people helping me out and also the seven cyclists who took their time and being honest and personal. Yeah, they helped make this happen perfect then Jan we are missing just the last piece what's next yeah what's next maybe I should uh, have a, a work where I get paid why not why <laughs> that, not? Would, that would be that would be could help out <laughs> and I don't know how much I will be um, involved in it but when I went uh, on that ride to to Italy the birthplace of my grandmother Steve, my friend, uh, who I've talked before, who joined that first Grüße von draußen ride at the uh, Col de la Croix, yeah. he joined me because he's a filmmaker too, and he uh, he documented it. And there's gonna be some kind. No one, we don't know yet what it will be in the end, but there will be some kind of of video about it. And I I don't know how much I will be involved because it's maybe a bit strange because I'm in it too. But that's going to be out some when, and I hope there's going to be a lot of riding this summer <laughs> because the snow oh, uh, in summer, I always think I have to go there and there and there before the snow comes. <laughs> yeah. Because riding in the mountains, that's really 
the passion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell you that I can feel exactly the same. I have a couple of passes that I want to do, two or three passes that I want absolutely to do, and a couple of those that I want to repeat. And talking about stuff that I want to repeat, sudden the call to sun edge, I should do it again. I've yeah. done it already one month ago, but it was complete. It was annoying. Yeah, and it you was completely foggy. And you haven't really seen anything i didn't see at all the amazing lake that is up there damn it i want to do yeah. it <laughs> so, yeah, yeah maybe maybe we could find a day and do it together because golden sunets is something yeah you, you can repeat it and repeat it and repeat Absolutely. and it's gonna be gonna be great any any time let's do it together let's do it together yeah of course <laughs> perfect uh so the last thing really that i want to say here uh is and help me if i'm doing anything wrong anyways all the contacts are gonna be down in the description below but talking about the series uh if you want to watch the videos and everything be sure that you follow um jan on his social media uh, that's probably the most important thing. So is Instagram, I think it's Heroya, right? Yeah, with underline. Uh, exactly, Her underline Roya. Or otherwise, yeah. if you want to have all the portfolio of his amazing videos, just go on Vimeo and look for Roja Films and you will find everything there. Anyways, it's going to be everything down in the description. It's not going to be any problem. Don't stress so much on yourself. You will go down and you will find all the links. I hope I wasn't talking too much, but yeah, if it's about cycling or film or music, I usually talk a bit too much. <laughs> that's the most important thing. And actually, that's the thing. that's why I build up a podcast and not a video. If you have, this had to be would have been a, a video, you have to cut it because otherwise people don't watch it or whatever podcast. I'm going to put it there and I truly believe that a lot of people are going to enjoy your words as I did today. Yeah, so thank you a lot, Stefano. Thanks a lot, Jan. We'll probably see you soon and have a ride with you together. But Yeah, it would uh, be a pleasure. Of course, <laughs> of course. Probably I'm going to talk a bit less than I talk today because I'm going to be sitting <laughs> on a bike and not on a chair. But still, it's going to be amazing again. Sure. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jan. And then enjoy yeah. your day and I will talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, Stefano. Ciao. Ciao. Yeah, it was great. It was really great. Interviewing Jan is always a great thing. And actually, talking cycling with Jan is always a great thing. Because it's not only about performances, it's not only about social life, but all these little details, all these little aspects that when you are watching sports in TV, you probably don't feel it. But humanity behind it, that's really the thing that let me love this sport as much as I could. And knowing that when you go out and ride with other people, we will always find amazing ones. And yeah, that's great. That's motivate. That motivates me every, every, every time. So uh, tune on the project of Jan in Ensicht. And for now, as I was saying, two episodes are out. The one with Marlene Reuser, watch it, is a great portrait. And the one with my friend Fabian Burri great guy he actually i think he i don't know he rode wherever in the world with ultra endurance cycling and he's a great great guy tomorrow i'm talking about wednesday wait give me one second the 22nd of july 
you're gonna find also the one with Emma Pulley. We all love Emma, so you know what, you're to, expect, what, to, what to expect. Well, I can say that. What to expect from her is gonna be great. Nothing less than wait, get great. And as great are gonna be also the other portraits that are gonna come once every week. And are the one with, for example, Noemi and Timon Rook. And then the one with Mickey Shar, the one with Stefan Kung. Well, I can't really, really wait to to see them. Thanks, Jan, for organizing everything like this. And hopefully we're going to ride soon. We're going to ride soon also with you, people. And uh, for now, I just want to say goodbye. Remember to rate subscribe and comment on wherever platform you find this podcast spotify apple podcast google podcast everywhere and thanks a lot open to be so great remember if you go to the website opencycles.com uh, you are gonna also find some great t-shirts with an amazing charity focus that you can buy directly from their website and they're amazing they're made by gento canesio what else? Yeah, down in the description, you will find also the subscription form for subscribing to the uh, newsletter that I'm sending out every couple of weeks. And, and, and yeah, give it a sh give, I want to give a shout out to the uh, new Instagram account of Broomwagon, Broomwagon Club. Remember that you can follow this as well. Nothing else. I'm pretty confused today. So bye.